Hi, welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and to contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Yeah, if you want to find us on the internet, family, go to trustthejourney.today. So that's our website and our Instagram. Please like, comment, share, subscribe. All of that helps us reach more people and further the mission of, you know, loving the world. (laughs) So really do that if you are so called. Uh, Also, if you want to join us in the Trust the Journey family, where we expand the conversation and connections directly with you, we invite you to do that. Join us and donate on Patreon, and we will add you to the private Facebook group. Awesome. And we have some great news is just recently, you may have heard some changes to our audio just slightly. Uh, Last week, we added on a new member to our team. We'd like to welcome Kimberly Joy Bridges to the Trust the Journey family. She is our new editor and has taken over responsibility for editing the audio, video, and doing the uploading and posting for us. So welcome to the family, Kimberly. And if you are in need of podcast editing services, Kimberly is available and starting her own business. So please feel free to reach out to her, Kimberly Joy Voice at gmail.com, and she can take care of your podcast editing needs. Yeah, right on, Kim. We love you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. So let's dive into this one. Today, we are talking about choices, life pivots, and key decisions. <laughs> it's a good topic. Yeah, it's good, eh? So what is the first one that comes to mind for you when you think about life pivots and key cho- choices and key decisions in your life? What, what's the like, these are the ones that jump off the page. Look at the list. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's. I definitely was like, I'm gonna try to write a list, but oh my god, honestly, the first one I wrote down was going to Australia, which we've talked about on the show before, just because it was such a significant uh, shift in my life perception, and it al- allowed me to really prioritize skydiving for the first time in my life, which sent me down a path that I am very grateful for. But it's a it's a big deal in terms of just my opening my eyes to the world, opening my eyes to what I was capable of doing, opening my eyes to what I could do in skydiving, what I could make happen, you know, the whole getting a job, skipping class, making money, paying for my jumps, like really being super driven and committed to my goal and eat like just really figuring that out was a was such a life lesson experience. It was just chock full of life lessons. And obviously I met some of my best friends who are still some of my best friends in the world. So it's just, I can't even say enough about that decision, but it was a big one being like, you know, having really not gone that far away from home. I went to school in Vermont, which wasn't that far from my upstate New York home. It was a really brave move back then when I was a young person. So, and it, it supported me to do a lot of other brave things as a result of it. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that to say, to sum it up and to just say traveling is accurate or is it following your passion? Yeah, it's not traveling. No, no, because I lived there. I moved there. You know what I mean? I made a life decision to alter the trajectory of my higher education to have an experience abroad, one that was very different from the sort of high-level academia that I found at Middlebury. And and it was wonderful, but it was high-level life experience that you only get from really getting out of the just the box that you are living in. Not that Middlebury is a box. It really did not feel that way. It was wonderful. But my point is, is that I knew America. I knew being close to my family. I knew being in a safe 
privileged environment at a high level, very expensive school. You know what I mean? It was very, very different on all of those fronts. And so like from a life lessons perspective, I just got so much out of it. And it just so happens, well, it didn't just so happen. It was very deliberate that I chose to go there because of my passion for skydiving. It was very connected to that. So yeah, it's part of partly more so connected to following your passion and being brave to step out of your comfort zone versus I'm just going to travel the world. It didn't feel like that at the time. Yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, I was kind of curious to see what you were going to say was going to be your first one, like the number one, the one that really Well, I wouldn't know, say it's number one. Yeah, like number one, that's that doesn't really work because they're so different. It's just the first thing that came to mind because chronologically, it feels like the first one in my adult life that occurred. But and it supports other decisions. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily number one, but I don't know how I would do that because the life pivots and different ones that I put on my list are they're just they they're apples and oranges in in a way. You know what I mean? Understood. Yeah. Yeah. I I chose the exact same one. Yeah. When yeah, the first, at least the first that came to mind for me was moving to the US. Oh, cool. I, I was born and raised in Canada. And again, I traveled to the US multiple times throughout my childhood and through my teenage years and into my 20s. Even as a skydiver, I had traveled to the US lots of times to go skydiving. So it wasn't skydiving or traveling to the US. It was moving to the US and leaving my my comfort zone behind, leaving my known things behind, yep. my friends group, my family, all the things that I relied upon as my key structures and latching onto the one thing that really held value for me that was like, this is what I have to do. And it was skydiving, but it meant moving to another country to pursue that passion, to follow that dream, to really live into that value in my life. So interesting. That, that really so cool. strikes a chord with me <laughs> that we both kind of chose the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's well, and again, it's like chronologically, it's just an easy way to think about it. Uh, it's an easy way to come up with stuff when, yeah, like it, it just, that's the, the filter that automatically went onto my brain. But yeah, I don't know. Like what, what's something else that you put down? I'm curious. Quitting smoking. Ooh, fuck yes. Say more. Yeah, quitting smoking is a key pivot in my life because what it meant was self-awareness and proactive decision-making on a daily basis towards my own self-love of giving myself what I needed rather than what I didn't need. Um you know, I, I started smoking as a child. Wow. Unfortunately, I grew up in an environment where smoking was very commonplace. I started smoking when I was probably 12, 13. I was smoking regularly, 14 every day. Wow. Um, and I smoked for 20 years, for the better part of 20 years, you know. And that decision to finally let go of that addiction and acknowledge it for what it was and really put it behind me. It took, it actually, it took multiple tries. Like there were lots of times when in my life where I decided to try and quit, but there was only one time I decided to quit. Mm. Nice. Right? Huge difference. Totally. Huge difference between like, oh, I'm going to try this or I'm going to do this. Yeah. And this is something that I, I hear in people all the time. And now that I'm a former smoker, I know the difference between trying to quit and quitting, you know, and you don't know the difference until you make that decision. Because the day that I decided I'm done, I'm not smoking anymore. I quit. Yeah. And it's a decision. It wasn't hard at all. Yeah. 
It wasn't hard at all. There was nothing about it that was challenging. I was just like, it was as easy as closing a book and putting it on the table and then putting the book back on the shelf and never, never pulling that book off the shelf again. You know, I might <laughs> walk by the shelf, look at the book and be like, meh, I read that book. Yeah. You know, I'm not interested in it anymore. It doesn't serve me anymore. And yeah, that's that, that was a huge. I love that. I love that. It's it, one of the... I mean, not that I have any truly viral videos, not really. I mean, maybe a couple that are close, but uh, one of the videos I made a while back was about, uh, we're always one decision away from a totally different life. That, That sentiment and how powerful it is and how sometimes it feels like what you just described, where there's a distinction between I'm gonna try this and there's not full commitment, full buy-in, and it feels, and then the other side where there is full buy-in and you, I don't know, there's something that happens where the commitment just feels very clear, very intuitive, and very easy. A lot of times what goes with the integration of a decision like that is the discipline required to change the habit. So a lot of people listening are probably like, well, fuck, I feel like I've made that decision, but it doesn't feel easy for me. And we can just know that the discipline required to actually change the habit sometimes really is a big thing. So like it might feel easy, like this is the decision I've made, but then the actual execution can feel a lot harder. And that's where discipline comes in. I just want to bring that up because I love this one. I love that you shared that because some, a, a lot of us, we have clarity around this is unhealthy to me. This is unhealthy for me. There's something going on here. And I'm just going to go into my, very, my next one, which is similar, not the same, but similar in that, you know, one of my main challenges in life has been feeling the, you know, just feeling the emotional side of myself such that I, and I didn't understand it. You know, the parts when I was like younger in my growth trajectory and younger as just a human being and really not having self-awareness around why I was so emotional in certain scenarios. Anyway, so one of the decisions, the key pivots or just big things was I finally attended Landmark Education. And there's a lot of people that have lots of things to say about Landmark. And I'm not a fan of the vibe of feeling like it's, oh, everyone has to be in it. I don't believe that at all. My experience with going to Landmark and deciding to do it, yeah, go ahead. Can you tell me what, more about what oh, is yeah, Landmark yeah, for, for those of us that don't know what Landmark yeah, is? Yeah, totally. I'm sorry. Good question. It's basically a personal development program. So you go and and the original one, the first one is called the Landmark Forum and it's a three-day immersive experience. And basically it awakens you to just the awareness of what you tell yourself language. There's lots of stuff. I mean, I can't blow it, but it's it's a big process and experiential growth experience. Uh that helps us see our thoughts and helps us really have some clarity around self-awareness and how to communicate with the people in our life and stuff like that. Um, I like to say it's a, it's a skill set. It's just a personal development skill set. But when people first do Landmark, they think it's the only thing that will give them a breakthrough. And so they, a lot of times when people are sharing Landmark with those in their lives, it will come across as pressure. It'll come across as judgment that everyone needs to do it. It'll come across as like this really desperate, like I need everyone to do it because I had such a good experience with this. So I don't really even share it that much, to be honest, but I can't not share that it totally helped me. The skill set I got, I got from the Landmark Full Education was a big, big deal. My best friend Shannon had gone to Landmark years prior, and she was telling me about it, and she knew the challenges that I faced in my emotional life and my growth path, and finally, she bought it for me. Because I wasn't going myself. I wasn't going myself. And she finally gifted it to me. And so I, and I, 
with that, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go. And I'm so grateful I did because it really started a domino effect of starting to really dig deeper into myself. Before then, I didn't really know how to do any of that. I didn't even know that was available, digging deeper into yourself and your self-awareness. And as a result of that, shit happened in my life. Like, it's a, I think it's a big part of why I got divorced. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a big deal what happened because the me before the self-awareness was different than the me with the self-awareness and with the commitment to be brave, to communicate at a higher level and to look at myself at a higher and deeper level. So I want to touch on a couple of points. Um, based on what I heard you just share. And the first one is relative to the experience of people sharing their landmark experience and how ironically similar that description is to so many other things. And I'm going to use a couple of our, like probably our number one, number two topics would be skydiving, right? How people share their skydiving experience. And you're just like, they just over the moon about it and they just want to impose it on everybody who has no interest in doing it. And they're like, no, this is the best thing you have to do that you like, and really just pushy and awkward. And you're like, I don't want to do that. You know? And then the other one is the psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. It's very, very similar where you have this, you know, over the moon kind of people that have this life um, eye-opening, mind-opening, life-changing experience. Yeah. And then they want to go and share it with everybody and be like, you need to do this. And <laughs> yeah. really, it's about ourselves, yeah. right? It's like, I needed to do this. I needed this, you know? And we end up pushing it on everybody. So, so it, just, true. it gives me a, a reminder that anything that we do that is going to help expand our perspective, give us new ways of looking at things, new skill sets, develop us as individuals, educate us. They're always going to offer us these key pivots, right? These, these moments that are going to, they're going to change our direction. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention in there is when you talk about having the awareness come to you and you couldn't make the choice yourself like it had to be gifted to you somebody had to help get you over the threshold somebody had to jump with you mm-hmm. kind of thing you know like you know it's like come on let's do this together yeah. kind of thing and you get that handhold that friend who's like you need to do this and who really knows you need to do it and really like has your best interest in heart and cares enough to go out of their way to to make it something that make it possible for you mm-hmm. i've had the exact same experiences in other areas with friends who have gone out of their way to be like, this is for you. Mm-hmm. They know, and we, we know somebody who has our, they're our personal board of directors. They're our best friends. They're our family. They're people who really have our best interests at heart and they help take our hand and carry us across that threshold of something we might not choose for ourselves, but is, is really good for us. And I just wanted to acknowledge that concept yeah. because it's so key. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that from the perspective of the topic today, the key life decision could be being willing to do the thing that is gifted to you, to to being willing to say yes to something that you wouldn't have chosen on your own, but it's kind of like trusting the universe in a way and trusting that person and being willing to have an experience that maybe you wouldn't have picked for yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. Tricky one too, right? Oh man. Oh yeah. I mean, cause it, again, like anything, I love that. I love that you likened it to skydiving into the psychedelic healing journey because it's so the same. And that's why I don't press anything that I've done. I just share what I've done. And if someone is re- resonates with something that I've experienced, or they like the idea of having a, a bigger self-awareness or conversational skill set, then yeah, maybe landmarks for them. If they're like, man, there's stuff I can't see that I don't know how to get to. I've done everything. Maybe the psychedelic experience is for them. If they're like, man, I'm fucking bored in my life. And I'm just like, man, I want to feel like I'm living. Maybe skydiving is for them, you know? So it's like, it depends, really depends. 
but every one of those experiences has transformed me and has been key in my life experience to date. Um, and that's why I always say that one modality is never the key answer. It's, it's always a broad scope of lots of different things. And so if it's not for you, great. If it is for you, great. That's it. Wow. Is there any key takeaway you have from Landmark that really, like the, that there was something in there that you were like, oh, wow. And you gained that light bulb moment? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of the thing that you can't really share. I mean, I can share it, but it doesn't have the impact in the storytelling, I don't think. So I don't usually share the, the self-awareness moment, the, the presence to language and the human experience of being a meaning-making machine. That, that insight really comes profoundly in the experience. But the biggest thing I took away from Landmark, bar none, which totally, totally altered my life, hugely and still does to this day is integrity with my word is giving integrity with my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I fucking do it. And if I can't do it, some, some life, some life circumstance occurs to alter my ability to be an in integrity. I get an in integrity newly based on the new, new life experiences that we're in. So like the, the whole thing of like being a trustable person, my word being deeply, powerfully trustable has supported me in business, in friendship, in love relationship, in, in every aspect of my life, in how I pursue goals for myself and how I'm in integrity with my own word to myself. It's, it's a huge fucking deal. And that, yeah, I just, I don't even know where I, I would be without that. I think I would be far less successful far less fulfilled, far less happy, all of those things. It's an incredibly uh, high value uh, to hold within oneself, right? Yep. A core value that says to be 100% with your word and recognize. I think that's a, it's a pretty big life pivot, right? There is a point. I could, I could say this for myself too, where we realize within our lives that what we say really makes up in, in relationship to our actions, that relativity is key in determining our trustability and our, the value of our, of our word. Yeah. You know, our word can have no value if we never follow it up with the actions, but if we consistently follow it up with the actions every single time, then our word starts to have a lot of value. Yeah. And that takes a long time to develop that and to get the credibility that comes along with the years of lifetime of consistency towards that value. Yep. Yeah. Big time. Awesome. What's your next, cool. what's your next one? Okay. So this is a little bit tough. Um, it was tough for me then and it's still tough for me. So I'm sure that there's going to be people that can relate to this in some ways. Uh, when I was a young man, some people know the story already, some people don't. When I was a young man, I had a lot of traumas in a row. Uh, I lost my mother and father very young. When I was a young teenager, my best friend attempted suicide, and I lost that friendship. And when I was still a teenager, I became a parent. So I had a little girl, and I was 18 years old far from being prepared as an adult in the world and ready to be a parent, I was still traumatized from the list of traumas I experienced as a child mm -hmm. and thrust into parenthood. I took on the responsibility as best I possibly could and did everything I could to, to be the best parent I could at the time. And after a couple, two, three years of being a parent, I found out that the little girl that I had been raising was not my daughter. And so uh, I had a DNA test and the DNA test showed that there was zero chance that I was the father. And that left me in a very, very challenged position. Mm -hmm. I had a few years of my life and the only representation of true love and like unconditional love was with myself and that child. Mm -hmm. And... I was in a very challenged 
situation because the relationship that I had with the mother, her mother, and myself was really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. It was not a healthy relationship at all. Uh, it was very toxic. And I had to make a choice now. I was forced to consider, do I want to maintain a relationship with what I, who I always thought was my daughter? It will mean maintaining a relationship with a toxic relationship with her mother. Mm -hmm. And am I willing to do that? And I had to sit down and I think I sat on this for about six months or so before I could finally get to a decision. And at some juncture of deep contemplation, I finally got to a point where I realized she was not my daughter and her mother and I were not a couple and I had no responsibility here. And I really had no place in this relationship and this, this structure that had been thrust upon me that I was not given any choice about whether I was going to be involved in or not was also not my life. Mm -hmm. It wasn't mine. None of this, none of this story that was being told was actually my story. And I decided that the healthiest thing that I could do for myself at that point and the healthiest thing that I could do for that entire relationship was to close that door mm -hmm. and to just let go of that. And it was so painful. It was so hard. Yeah. Um, and I chose to cut ties and just to, to continue walking my path in life and realize that that fork in the road had occurred and that I no longer had a family and I no longer had a daughter which was really, really hard concept to grasp. Absolutely. Um, I was there through the whole pregnancy. She was born in my hands, wow. you know, wow. and I raised her for the first few years of her life. Every night I would hold her mm -hmm. the whole deep connection mm -hmm. of being a parent, the real experience, really being a parent, you know, mm -hmm. having that from its essence all the way through and then having it completely taken away and then just having to let it go. And I think that's one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. Absolutely. And it, it left me very, very vulnerable and with a lot of healing to do over a long time. For sure. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jay. That is, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't even fathom the pain of, of that separation. As much as we talk about disconnection and you know, attachments ending and moving forward. And as a young person, I can just imagine you not having access to those bigger ideas. So it must have been just so painful. It was very, very painful. Yeah. And I did not have a developed skill set. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a education in understanding emotions or I was strictly working off of heart. Mm -hmm. Like I really tried to do my best job to just go inside mm -hmm. and like really think about things and really try to look at what the real, what are the, what were the pieces and, and not get attached to my emotional experience. And I think I did a pretty good job. Like it was super hard to just separate my pain that I was living through from the reality of the situation you know, mm -hmm. and to be able to then take those, you know, all the elements that were there and say, what is the reality here? And what do I, how, how can I best act under these circumstances towards a way that's going to serve a path to healing for everybody involved? Yeah. And it's incredibly painful, but it's also been very effective and I believe I chose the right path, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's just speaks volumes of just life in general, being full of situations and forks that can feel in the moment impossible. You know, it can feel almost next to impossible to choose to go, which is right and not wanting to 
and feeling like there is a right or wrong and, and really not knowing and the, and the stress of that and the fear in that experience. I'm just imagining you as that young person being, having such a, such a big decision in your hands and so much love in your heart. It's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful example that anybody at any age or any level of awareness can take and go, I'm going to sit, I'm going to pause. I'm going to really try to let go and trust myself to decide. And then I'm going to support myself in knowing that I can't possibly make a wrong decision, theoretically. Yeah. What was, what was really difficult in that was that, that the challenging circumstance that I found myself in not having a, a family structure um, to rely on with my mother and father was that this connection that I had with my daughter was the only relative example that I had of connection mm -hmm. of true, you know, unconditional love in my life and having to just say, okay, here's the only representation of this that I can possibly set down and, and say this exists and having to completely let it go. Yeah. yeah. Now, when I look back at all the examples of these really challenging um, losses and traumas in my life of losing my parents, losing my friends, losing my daughter, all the, the things that happened. I look at them all as the greatest gifts that I've received. And it took me a long time to get across that bridge and be able to look back from the other perspective and say, wow, when I was trying to cross this bridge, it seemed like the hardest thing I could ever do. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I look back and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. So interesting how life works like that. Uh, we don't really. So true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. I don't even know what to say. I'm just taking it in. Just enjoy Like not, I mean, this sounds weird, but like really it's taking honestly, it in. Honestly, you know? yeah. When I tell the story and I hear myself tell it. And at the time I was like, whose movie am I watching? Right. You know, mm -hmm. there was many years that went by and I'm like, I'm just watching somebody else's movie. This is just a TV drama. I don't know what's going on here. Whose life is this? It's not mine. <laughs> and I still look back at it and I'm like, I can't I even love... believe this happened. Oh, I know. I know. The Brene, there's a Brene Brown quote that I love that goes, uh, I might say it wrong, but the, it's something like every but something about everybody having a story and if you look closely enough everyone has a story that will bring you to your knees like everybody has a story yeah. that will will just make your heart twist and just feel for that person and can really understand the the struggle and the pain that that people go through in life and how they earn resilience by really moving through those the best as best they can in the, in the human experience. There's something to say there in relationship to the Buddhist concept that the point of life is suffering. Uh, and, and when you say that, or when you hear that, when we hear that there is like, what do you mean the point of life is suffering? But in some ways there is what drives evolution is adaptation and the need to change, the need for us to improve, the need for us to develop. Evolution is ongoing because of suffering. There is something that challenges us, and because of that, we grow and adapt. Mm -hmm. So we have to relate the experience of what is suffering or the point of life is suffering to the point of life is growth, mm -hmm. the point of life is evolution the point of life is development and when we do that we it's again it's this whole perspective thing i can look at it and be like what do you mean the point of life is suffering this is looking at it looking at the challenge and if i turn around on the other side of the bridge and i say the point of life is growth or the point of life is adaptation then it's just a perspective change it's just the same the same yin yin change i love it it's beautiful i love it oh man yeah, gosh, there it's it's fascinating, right? Because I I think about 
the things that I've put on my list and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, it always feels to me like the human relationships, the emotional stuff is by, by far, bar none, the like biggest, you know what I mean? Quote unquote, the biggest we talked about, oh, the number one, you know, (laughs) so it's like, it, it almost feels like, oh man, I don't want to share anything else because it's like, doesn't feel as impactful. And that's not true because everything drives and points our life. But like going back to like what I would share next is, I mean, there's, and again, there's a million things I could put on a list of like of real decisions that I made that if you really go back to the building blocks of where I am now, how a decision to fucking drive to the store, you know, and I bumped into this part, like has such ripple effect on our life. So those, the decisions could be really small and still have a huge impact. So I just want to acknowledge that. Um, but yes, yeah, so like the other thing I was thinking about is just being willing to go full on as an entrepreneur, like really bet on myself, bet on myself when I decided to leave Elsinore and leave my salary and be willing to take a chance on living the dream or living a bigger dream than I could have even come up with that suddenly was available to me those types of life decisions have have come my way multiple times in my life. And that is one of them that was self-directed, but it was also because of the opportunities coming my way, being invited to coach and, and be a traveling organizer for skydiving and stuff like that. Those opportunities were starting to come my way. And, and it was motivation for me to make that bigger decision to leave the quote unquote best job in skydiving, getting paid a salary to have fun with my friends, party, dress up in costume, compete and train at skydiving. Like it was crazy, right? This theoretically crazy decision to leave that. And it's very obvious that it was such a a key decision in terms of my life trajectory because of, I mean, I could talk about life coaching and and being willing to say yes to that and spend $8,500 I didn't have to do this thing that I really felt called to do. And even more recently, after going through my big mushroom cloud and my deep healing years and recovering from all of that, we've talked about that plenty of times, is saying yes to leading Highlight and the the demonstration jump team that I'm now co-leading with Amy and, and all the amazing teammates I'm lucky enough to be with is just saying yes to that and and being willing. When I was like, oh, I think I'm on the downward slope of my skydiving. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm on the other side of the bell curve. You know, I'll be, I'll be a fun jumper. But then this amazing opportunity came my way that was really connected to so many of my values, helping me rise into activism and, and contribution on levels that I was never able to contribute at because I wasn't healed to the point point where I could be in conversations at that level, like period. You know, the idea of talking about racism and anti-racism five years ago, even, I wouldn't have even remotely been capable of that. So making those decisions to like step into activism and say yes to opportunities that have allowed me to elevate that has been big, has been really big. But again, it's in this, in this category of being really brave to say yes, to create, you know what I mean? So anyway, there's, I just, I don't know, I'm sort of rambling, but those are big decisions too, in terms of changing the direction you see your life is on to deliberately shift the course of the ship and point it a different direction with intention. So I'm hearing an underlying theme and I wanted to bring it to the surface so that we could identify it, but you pivoted a little bit and it made me wonder if there's another element to it. So at least what I started to hear from everything was all of these key choices, life pivots, key decisions, they almost all have something to do with letting go 
of something comfortable, Mm -hmm. letting go of an idea like, okay, I'm going to let go of the place that I think of as home. I'm going to let go of something that I think that comforts me. I'm going to let go of a job that is, you know, seems like I have the dream job. I'm going to let go of a relationship that is something I'm codependent in. You know, it's all these letting go things, attachment, right? Like breaking attachment kind of concepts. And in that, in when I hear that, I start hearing that I think once we let go of our comforts and once we let go of our attachments and we find ourselves able to grow, able to heal, we can then truly kind of find our paths. And then we can start to say yes to things that are actually our value sets where what often happens in our lives and this seems to kind of be the story that I see being played out in like the American story is, you know, you're born into your life. You don't know what you want to do. You're told what you should do by a general consensus of the masses or family or tradition or whatever. And we head down a path thinking that this is the path that we should go down because that's the common path. And we build up this set of attachments and comforts and familiarities and things that we're, we're used to. And none of them are actually that important to us. They're not really our calling and it takes some time and letting go of all these distractions and clearing the desk per se to actually figure out what's important to us and then to start turning and pivoting and pointing ourselves towards where our true passions are, where our true values are, and actually developing the skill sets to live into those passions. And then, and I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but become our real us, like really yeah. be the real me kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's interesting, the distinction between choosing in a direction that is calling us that is relative to creating something from nothing stepping into the unknown from a perspective of of like tingling and going I'm going to trust myself that this direction is for me versus those choices of going this is wrong for me and I'm going to choose away from this and so like I I see that certainly in my in my life experience as well. I don't tend to think of those things as key decisions but they are wildly key. You know, like and I mentioned getting divorced is like making the decision to really leave. That was a big decision for me. You know, because I was we talked about integrity in my word, one of the one of the most challenging parts of divorce for me was feeling like I had given my word to this thing that, and it was so, so, so hard for me to, to feel like I could ever consider leaving a situation when I was like, but I have given, I'd given my word to this person that I love, to this situation I believe in, to this dynamic, this, this belief that growth can happen in a, in a committed relationship dynamic. And so it was really, really, really hard for me to finally understand and shift my mindset that, oh, circumstances can and do change. And it's okay that my integrity and my word is still intact because the situations have have changed. And so that was a big deal for me to really be okay with that and to be like, okay, I'm still in integrity as, as who I care to be as a person, even though I'm doing something I never dreamed I would ever choose. I completely relate that this was my next share yeah. is, was set, you know, separating with my marriage mm-hmm. and, and, and that, I don't know, man, that's so hard. Oh, so that hard. was so hard. It just absolutely gutted me for years. Mm -hmm. I was just torn apart inside. And I still feel these waves of heartache, these waves of like, oh my God, I feel so bad for, for exactly what you're saying for like, I I gave my word. I said, this is, this is where I want to be. And you're exactly right. Circumstances change. We grow, we change, we develop, 
We're not the same people we are now that we were a week ago, especially the same person we were 10 years ago. We're lucky if we can find a way that actually continues to uphold each other's values and make a relationship work over time. And I'm so proud and I'm so happy that my relationship continues to be happy and healthy and um, we love each other infinitely well beyond the concept of marriage. That's and wonderful. I'm so proud of us for that. And it's still, in, it's becoming incredibly obvious to me, even on a daily basis, I could say even yesterday, just chatting on the phone with my first wife and hearing, I can really hear that neither of us needed to be in that relationship anymore mm -hmm. you know like and we're actually well past it like the relationship is is changed mm -hmm. it's not the same anymore and it's healthy for both of us we've both grown and become better more self-aware more adapted you know developed people yeah. because of it but oh my God, oh my heart. Oh my, so hard. Wow. <laughs> so hard. Right? One of the things I actually just heard this and here's another very simple thing, like choosing to follow certain people online that have amazing messages. It sounds so stupid, but like I, it's a big deal because like, for example, Matthew Hussey is an amazing coach. He's like an amazing support. He's basically frames himself as like a dating coach and relationship coach, but he's so much more than that. He's such a deep thinker and, and beautiful human being. But one of the things that he said in a recent video, which I love, was that everybody is in multiple relationships over the course of their life. Everyone is in multi a multitude of relationships over their life. Some people are in that multitude of relationships with different people some other people are in a multitude of relationships with the same person because of what you just said, how we evolve and grow, we change over time. So it's like, it's, it's this idea that we have to have one singular relationship for our lives is this really limiting thought and really causes, I think, a great deal of pain for so many people in the world when really we can have, it just depends on who we are. Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's more than more than that. It just depends on who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a very, uh, firmly grounded in my beliefs that relationships, every interaction we have is a relationship it, it, at the most minimal level. A relationship means I'm here and you're there. There is a relationship between us. It has nothing to do with intimacy it has nothing to do with sexuality. It has nothing to do with love. A relationship is two things exist. They are now relative to each other. That's it. Yeah. And that concept allows for every variation in between from a lifetime committed together in a monogamous relationship to a moment of an electron passing another electron in the universe and everything in between. So... Uh, embracing that idea and just recognizing that change is the only constant and everything is impermanent is really given me a, a really a much e my ride on this river of life has become much more pleasant without trying to hold on to the bank or the dock or anything I could grab a hold of on the way downstream every time yeah you know ah uh. So interesting, all of this it really is. Because like I've exhausted the things that I sort of quickly jotted down on my list. And now I'm like, what else would I say? And it's things like, for years, I said I wanted to be near my family. I wanted to be closer to them. I had spent so many years skydiving. And then slowly making decisions that put my life in alignment with that, moving back to the East Coast. And then, you know, being in a long distance relationship and deciding to not continue that relationship because I wanted to stay here. Like that was a tough decision, you know, being in a love relationship that you care about and you are reaching a point where it's like, okay, there's a turning point. There's a fork here. It's like, what if I connect to my real intuition? What's, what's calling to me? And 
that was one of them where I was like, it's, it feels just so intuitive to me that I need to be and want to be here on the East Coast in the Northeast near my family, accessible, easily accessible to my family. That's been, I feel very, very peaceful, even though that was a painful breakup as well. It was the right decision because I'm just, I know I made the right decision for me to be closer to my family. I absolutely relate. Having recently moved from the South out to West, I'm so happy on a daily basis for having made this choice and that um, you, you had me reflecting on some concepts that there's, I was just kind of digging into myself and I'm like, what can I let go of yeah. and what can I move towards? Mm. That's, oh, that's the yeah. big underlying thing. Like, <laughs> Jay, what you're so is good. Not, that's perfect. What is not serving me? <laughs> what can I let go of? What is, what is holding me back? What is a weight on my monkey on my back or a weight on my shoulders? And what can I let go of? And what is it that I really want in my life? What can I move towards? And I, I think back to my list of what are the things that I can move towards? Cause I've talked about a lot of things I've let go of it. Base jumping was one of those terrify me. Oh my God. Just terrified me. I've never been more afraid in my whole life than to just take on this completely insane hobby. And I have found the best people in the whole world that I absolutely love. And I'm so grateful for the whole life experience that has come with it, all the perspective that's been gained. And another one is committing to music. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know this, but I would say somewhere close to 20 years ago, I made a commitment to myself and I love music. You've heard me talk about it before on previous episodes. I made a decision that I was going to take my equipment with me everywhere that I went. Wow! And I was going to practice every time I had the opportunity to do so. And so for at least a decade, I never made a trip anywhere without my mixing equipment in my bag. So I specifically chose equipment that I could travel with, which made it easier. And that provided me, because I had a life of travel where I was always on the road, I was always moving, I was always on the go. It enabled me to always have a creative outlet and a something to develop and a skill set to learn and some way to interact and to engage people and to share in a celebration. For me, music is the ultimate celebration. I, I believe music is the universal language that there is at the root of all this creation that is called life, that music and existence coexist. And this is how we truly relate to ourselves and to each other. And having the opportunity, creating the opportunity within myself to follow that and to pursue that and to make that passion something that becomes something that I am and that everybody who knows me knows that about me, that this is part of who I am. That gives me a connection to others and it allows me to feel everything within myself, my own happiness, my own pain, my drive, like all the expressions that music can possibly have, which is infinite, mm -hmm. and to connect with others on that level. And that has been so powerful for me. And so that closing statement to that is pursuing an art form that I feel passionate about is one of the most important choices that I've made in my life. And I would encourage everybody to pursue some form of art in whichever any way there is in everybody there's something for everybody there is an art form for everybody everybody is creative a hundred percent completely completely agree i my version of that if we talk about life choices and key key decisions around a driving mindset in that lane anyway is again I go back to reading Eat Pray Love and really witnessing Elizabeth Gilbert's courageous self-expression 
and having the experience of feeling seen and known at a deep level and how much that supported me. As a person who is a, a writer, you know, that, that has 100%, that value of I believe that courageous self-expression in whatever form we choose is our highest contribution to ourselves, others, and the world, fucking period. And that is why I freaking torture myself to write. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody who's a writer, I don't think, God, I would love to hear if anybody out there feels otherwise as a writer, but I've talked to so many writers over the years, is that, and it's this, this beautiful torture. And I mean that in a really loving way because it's, it takes something to really do that. It takes something to carry your, your mixing equipment for 10 years every trip that you take as someone who lives on the road, that's a big commitment. It takes something to sit in a chair and really go, what is true for me? What is real for me? Like even doing it here on the podcast is an extrapolation of that value for me, of us. I mean, think about us at the beginning of this, this, this endeavor that we've taken on and how just we've really grown into that in my view. We've grown into being more and more willing to be seen and known deeply because we believe that's a contribution to ourselves, others in the world. At least that's how I experienced this podcast. It's how I experienced my writing. And it was a key decision I made when I realized that consciously for myself to use that as a driving force for my work and my art. Here, here. Here, here. Yeah. Good for you. I'm proud of you, Mel. <laughs> and I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. What I could, I mean, I was just sitting here, just listening to your share. And I was just thinking, this is a great episode. This is really. <laughs> Go like, us. This, this is great because I feel like if I'm listening to this and I do. So to everybody who's listening now, what happens is I'm going to listen to this when it's produced and I'm going to, and I'm going to listen to it as if I've never heard it before. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to listen to it just like any other podcast that I listen to. And I listen to many and I'm going to change my perspective and I'm going to hear the, what is the value that's coming out of this? And I'm already motivated. That's why yeah. I say it's a great episode because I'm like, shit, I'm going to get to work right now. I'm going to change something. <laughs> I'm going to let go of something that's not serving me. And I'm going to go after something that is, and I feel super motivated because of it. And if that's what I'm feeling right now, I'm sure that that's, what's going to come through on the other side of this. And I want to anchor that. I want to reinforce that, that there's, there's be brave, be vulnerable, take the risk, do make the change that you need to make in your life. That's going to help you to feel more whole, holy you and go after the things that are of value to you that really have meaning that bring you joy and that, that help you to express yourself and your feelings. And, and remember that when we get to the end of this whole life, that when we look back on our set of experiences, we're not going to regret the decisions we made. We're only ones we're going to regret are the ones we didn't. Yeah. The thing, the only thing I will add to that is we are so much more capable than we ever currently think we are. So if you're hearing Jay being like all motivating, like go out, do it, really make that, that choice to either leave something that's holding you down or to choose in a direction you feel called. Remember that if, if your brain is saying, oh, you can't do that for this reason, X, Y, Z, A, B, C reasons. Just remember, we really are so much more capable than we ever currently think we are. That has been my life experience, bar none across the board as well. So like being surprised every time I do something, being like, wow, we did that? What? That's crazy. So yeah, I invite everyone to, to do exactly what Jay just said. Thanks, Mel. You're welcome. <laughs> You're I, welcome. You're welcome. I read this quote yesterday. It actually came up twice in a row. And that's one of those things where I'm like, yep, I know it's meant for me. It's there again. <laughs> and it said, would you prefer comfort or solutions? Oh, nice. Nice. 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, this is always the way it is. It's always like this. I'm like, do I want the easy path or do I want the answer? Yeah. Yeah, of course we want the answer. We want the solution. So we know that it means, okay, buck up, Mm -hmm. suck it up, cupcake. Here we go. (laughs) On that note, friends, let's let's round this one out with a suck it up, butter coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Tough choices, key life decisions, (laughs) pivots. Thank you, everyone. Per usual, like we said at the beginning, if you're getting value from the show, please share it. You know, share it in a private message, share it on your feeds, subscribe, like, all of those things help us reach more people. And that's one of our goals is to to reach more people, impact the world in a positive way through the value that hopefully people get from listening. Yeah. And I will just remind our listeners, we have a new editor, Kimberly Joy Voice. Thank you very much, Kimberly. And if you are in need of podcast editing services, Kimberly is available. You can reach her at KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com. And she'll be glad to receive your call and help you out. Boom. Mic drop. Nuff said. We love you so much. We love you. <laughs> Bye, everyone.